Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome, everybody. Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson with you at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad to have you on board today. We'll be talking to Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald a little later in the show. About to bring on head basketball coach Jay Ladner. But before I do, a quick reminder about Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of this show and USM Athletics and a great place to enjoy delicious food seven days a week. Right here in Hattiesburg, you can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, or home delivery. However you choose, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue. So happy uh, to let you know, we said this earlier in the week, that head basketball coach Jay Ladner and members of his staff will be joining the Eagle Hour every Thursday through the remainder of basketball season. And that access is so important uh, to our listing audience. And, uh, Coach, we're extremely grateful to you for your uh, your cooperation in all of this. Well, Bob, y'all, y'all have a great show, Bob, and, and it means a lot to our uh, 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 overall university, uh, the exposure that y'all give. I mean, just the title of it, Eagle Hour, and then, of course, uh, the athletic program. And I know it changes with the, uh, in, the, the, the seasons that are in season, uh, sports that are in season, and then, of course, uh, the exposure for our basketball program as we're trying to trying to rebuild our program so we're very thankful as well so uh y'all have a great show and we're, we're happy and honored to be a part of it i'll be honest with you thank you well thank you coach well i tell you what talk about the basketball team winning four out of the last five you uh split with we're one of the best teams uh in the conference over the weekend and now you you head down to i guess to the east uh to uab I know that's going to be a tough matchup, but where, where are we, Coach? Where, where are you in the level of satisfaction of where your guys are right now? Well, you know, we're gosh, we're probably you know we're a last second shot away. We're five and four, but a last second shot away with uh, South Alabama hit a hit a uh, an incredible shot on us there that looked kind of looked like we were going to win that one. Uh, from being six and three, I, I would I would I'd be happier, of course, if we were nine and zero, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But I am happy with the way that we play. We made great progress. Uh, uh, a bunch of new faces out there, and, and what some people may or may not realize is that it's such a big transition to Division One from either high school or or junior college. Even it's a it's a great transition. And, and but our guys and we, and, and we didn't have. Uh, I'll say this: uh, on a normal year, we would have had thirteen non-conference games. But also prior to beginning non-conference play, we would have had a a scrimmage uh, against another Division One team and an exhibition game. And so really 15 opportunities to kind of get all these new guys up to speed so forth with Division One experience. And uh, we, we it, it showed. It, it, it shown early. And then we had a – I'm going to use a particular player, uh, DeAndre Pinckney, for instance, uh, who had gotten hurt his last year of junior college, didn't play uh, since no, the November of his uh, sophomore year in junior college. Uh, because of an injury, comes and signs with us, uh, opens the season at Jacksonville, plays about the first 10 or so minutes of the ball game, gets a concussion, and with the new concussion protocols, he's out for three weeks. So 
he missed a lot of that. But you're beginning to see him as he's gotten more and more experience over the last few games, beginning to show, uh, be the type of player that, of course, that the high accolades, recruiting accolades, uh, shows. So we're, we're real proud of that. But it just is taking time. But I'm, I'm proud of the way that we've improved. Uh, didn't didn't get our dauber down at all after in fact showed some resolve after we uh, lost a game or two to start the season, uh, which was no reason to panic. And they, anyway, they 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 battled back and they've shown improvement. We just got to continue to do that uh, as we as we go through now a really tough league play. Of course, our the schedule the league schedule opening up with UTEP was a tough one. Uh, we, we were fortunate to get one, and, and uh, I don't want to say happy because once we got the one on Friday night, we were wanting to get two. But uh, as you step back and look at it, that, that was a good split for us. Well, this next match is not easy, is it? UAB. Well, they're you know whatever the you know they've had the NCAA has had so many different uh, uh, measurements uh, of, of of the the rankings and so forth that they use to determine. Now they did have, have used to be RPI. Now they use what's called net. And UAB is, of course, the highest net team, and uh, I believe they were 52nd. I know they were in the 50s. I may be off a, a spot or two, but they were in the 50s. They've had a great start. They're seven and one. Um, of course, they're coached by uh, a longtime uh, uh, Mississippi native, and, and who people are very familiar with, and Andy Kennedy, who had a, a great tenure at Ole Miss, and uh, uh, like I said, a Mississippi native. Many many Southern Miss fans are very familiar with him, and. He's already putting a stamp there at UAB. He's doing a great job. UAB's a, as they uh, uh, they have an outstanding program, a longtime Southern Miss rival. And uh, anyway, we'll have our hands full over there. But we've 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 certainly drawn two tough opponents out of the gate. No question. Luke, get in here. Coach Landon, thanks for coming on today. I, I guess a lot of people are wondering, um, you know, you're through week one of this new scheduling, how difficult is it, the positives and negatives of playing two games back to back? You know, on this show, we said it might help you play, you know, prep for tournament season down the road, but kind of unprecedented. How did your routine react to it, and what's been kind of your measure of it through the first week? Well, well, those are, you know, we're still kind of figuring it out, to be honest with you, and the, the real effect is that it kind of, our standard week, let's just say we were in a normal season and, and we would either be playing a Wednesday, Saturday, or a Thursday, Saturday. And so you kind of have your your practice week organized and routine. Now it's, a, it, it's, it's certainly much different. Of course, you have to mix in a, a mandated, uh, NCAA-mandated off day of the week, which now, because we play Friday and Saturday, of course, we take Sunday off. Um but but you know going through it for the first time last week I you know I kind of thought over to baseball and I even thought about calling Coach Barry and, and seeing psychologically how they handle that. But what we've decided to do I, I'm probably not the smartest guy in the world maybe when it comes to things. I, you know what I'll, I, I maybe maybe I try to be too simple, but we're gonna we're gonna play them one game at a time, each individual game. Not gonna try to hold anything in our back pocket or or of course. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to go get that game, and then and if, if whatever happens Friday or Saturday, we're gonna treat it. Or, or excuse me, on Friday night, we're gonna treat it, Luke, just like every other game. We're gonna have turn around and play Saturday as if it's a different opponent. Of course, we'll have familiarity there, and you're not gonna have a lot of time to make a lot of adjustments anyway. What went? I think that it where we are, and maybe in our program, and this is just me early on. I think it favors. The, the more superior team in terms of athletic, uh, athleticism, size, skill, and it takes a little bit of the scheming 
uh, maybe maybe it takes the coach out, it the coaching out a little bit on the Saturdays, if that makes sense to you, uh, uh, because you you just don't have time. You know, you know, for instance, uh, y'all mentioned about UTEP, and, and y'all will see UTEP. That's a great win for us. UTEP UTEP will be battling uh, for the league championship, and of course, I hope that we will be too when it's all said and done. But UTEP, I think, will be. They have the type of personnel that can do that. Well, we were able to, to, to win one on, on Friday night, just a very exciting game, which we came from eight down with 50-some seconds left, regulation tied it, and played really well in overtime, able to get the win. But uh, on Saturday, of course, they have the psychological advantage because we had won, and obviously the, the old revenge factor, which is a great motivator. And then, But, but also just because they were, they're just – they're 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 big and strong and athletic in all their positions and it it, it favors I think the team uh, that has that uh, in 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 the best best uh, case scenario well you know what would have been great for us was to upset them on Friday night and then two or three weeks later maybe able to throw something different at them that they didn't see on Friday night you know where we've had a chance to work on yeah. some things uh, but but you know that takes that out of the mix and that's why I said I think it favors. The team that that's bigger, stronger, more athletic, maybe more experienced, as compared to our team that, that that's you know still gaining experience. But uh, there, you know, the other side of it is that that's what every, a lot of other leagues are doing the same thing, and they're trying to do it so we can play ball. And 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 if that's the case, if that's what we got to do to play, then hey, I'm all for it. So uh, anyway, but that, that's my early. Maybe if y'all were nice enough to have me on in two or three weeks, I may change. <laughs> depending on, but going through it one week—that—that's kind of my assessment of it at this point. Coach, uh, just about thirty seconds left. Uh, you, you're playing nine guys more than fourteen minutes. It's a, such a big improvement from what you had last year. Ooh, yeah. uh, just closing closing thoughts about Jerron Pierre, top uh, ten in the conference in two different categories. First among freshmen, he's been unbelievable. Well, when we recruited him, a great program out of New Orleans, St. Augustine High School, tradition-rich, that produced a lot of NBA guys, college basketball players. Uh, we knew we were getting a high-level guy. I had him evaluated as the number two player in Louisiana uh, behind the young man the young man from uh, Baton Rouge that signed with Virginia and is having a, off to a good start there. So I, uh, that, I felt like we were getting a great player, uh, but, but incredible impact that he's already made, fearless, uh, takes coaching, uh, loves basketball, and uh, you know, before the season, we would have said, I'd, "I'd have told you this young man, if he if he if he stays four years at Southern Miss, which of course we we're counting on him doing that, he'll go down as one of the better players that we've ever had at this university. He, he's been a great impact." All right, Coach, uh, great to have you on the show. We look forward to each and every Thursday, and thank you very much for your time, sir. Thank y'all. Appreciate y'all having me. Okay. All right, head basketball Thanks, coach, coach Jay Ladner on the Eagle Hour, and uh, they'll take on the UAB Blazers two-game set this weekend over in Birmingham. The professor is next. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank head basketball coach Jay Ladner. Great conversation. Look forward to talking to him uh, and a member of his staff every Thursday. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. Uh, 
We're going to have, actually, the manager of Campus Bookmart on the show next Wednesday, so she's going to give us a, a full, full description of everything uh, they've got in store for the spring and summer. want to thank them for their support of our show. You can uh, shop their store six days a week on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, or, of course, you can go online to campusbookmart.net. It's Thursday, and we always go to the professor down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast and so dedicated to the Eagle Hour that he is on vacation and doing his call-in on vacation. Patrick, what do we say, man? Thank you. Oh, yeah, happy to do I'm still on my way up to near Blue Ridge, Georgia, so doing a little stop to pick up some groceries at Walmart, and now's a good time to squeeze an interview in. Well, there you go. We're always happy to have you. You had a great article uh, that you wrote this week, and uh, the new head football coach talked a lot about his staff and what he was thinking I really wanted to know, Patrick, what did he say about his extraordinarily young coordinator? Well, he sees him as kind of being, uh, you know, the next big deal on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he really kind of leans on his experience from, from Georgia. Uh, he was there uh, uh, as kind of an, in an analyst or quality control position there under Kirby Smart. And uh, he was a big part of the staff this past season, Louisiana Lafayette. So uh, really what Will Hall says, this guy's learned from all the right guys, including Ron Roberts, uh, Kirby Smart. And you see a lot of guys kind of coming out of that uh, coaching tree on the defensive side of the ball these days. And they, that, that staff has done a really good job of adjusting to today's uh, uh, fast-paced brand of spread offense. And uh, he, he thinks that Austin Armstrong is going to be able to do that at Southern Miss. And he really sees him as having kind of that it factor in terms of intelligence and, and personality and, and, and just everything that comes with that. He's already a, considers him a really strong recruiter. Uh, they work together at West Georgia. And whenever he, you know, whenever he's a head coach, he really looked at him as a guy that he wanted to bring on. Uh, there's some older guys, more established guys that wanted to be that uh, the defensive coordinator uh, uh there at Southern Miss, but uh, he really looked to the young and up and the comer, and uh, that's what he got in Austin Armstrong. There we go. Luke? Uh, Patrick, a couple more uh, guys have come in, Lakevious Daniel, and then uh, another guy, I think he's from Brandon Juco, guy Stanley last night. Right. Only got really one scholarship left. Do you think they're going to target an offensive lineman? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think uh, obviously they kind of addressed maybe some need there in the secondary. Uh, I think you needed more numbers there. Kyle Hemby, uh, he's going to go pro. Uh, he's gone, so that's one guy that's got remaining eligibility that won't be back. Uh, so I think it's a, a, a situation where they had to address the secondary, and really it could be any a number of places. The offensive line would make sense uh, in terms of a place to address. Uh, you know, uh, getting the guys on the defensive front, uh, a couple of transfers back there earlier in, in December, I think they probably feel okay there right now and, and maybe with guys coming back so but yeah offensive line seems like a place where they need somebody to play right away i guess we should we should go ahead and let our listeners know because that came out yesterday jay stanley is a transfer from old miss so the golden eagles getting two former rebels on their uh, roster 
kind of a linebacker coming out of high school, but expect him to play uh, maybe some some safety and stuff. Uh, all right, Patrick, back to uh, the coaching staff. Reed Stringer's going to be on tomorrow. And, you know, Todd Munkin had someone kind of like this on his staff, mm-hmm. but it's kind of unheard of, you know, to have a, quote, general manager. And I think this uh, this this position really plays to Reed Stringer's, uh, you know, strengths. And Will Hall was, was real frank about it, you know, dealing with the whole staff. He said he'd rather coach with six guys that, you know, were good dudes that wanted to be there than just filling spots with 10. And so this is really intentional right. from Will Hall to put Reed Stringer in this spot. Yeah, it sounds like he'll be the, you know, one of the, the guys that Munkin had were more kind of like, well, you handle the day-to-day stuff and I'll do the coaching. And Reed Stringer will probably will be more involved, I think, in every aspect of the program than some of the number two that, you know, the number twos that, that Munkin had. Uh, uh, and Will Hall really emphasized that he is going to be his number two overall uh, for whatever reason he has to, has to sit out if he gets COVID or something like that. It's Reed Stringer who becomes that, you know, head coach, that acting head coach. And uh, he's really going to coordinate the recruiting side uh, in terms of uh, whenever it comes to academic issues, eligibility issues. It's going to be on Reed Stringer. So he's going to do a lot of things <clears throat> that should free up uh, Will Hall to focus on the offenses, on, you know, on, on the entire picture on football. And he really wants Reed Stringer to get credit. Uh, so maybe, maybe that's why he named him a general manager. I don't, you know. I, I I challenge somebody else to find uh, somebody that's got the position of general manager in the rest of college football. But now it's a thing. It'll you'll probably see it. if if we're all to win a football games here pretty quickly, you'll see a lot of general managers popping up across college yeah. football. Everybody will want a general manager then, right, Patrick? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. All right, yeah. we've got a few minutes left, and I want to kind of divert from our normal conversation with you today because I know you guys. Uh, both of you guys are big Saints fans, and I know how much uh, interest there is uh, in the New Orleans uh, football program here uh, in Mississippi. How does this Saints team, Patrick, stack up to some of the good Saints teams we've seen in the past? And what do you think they're capable of doing now that the playoffs are here? Well, I mean, the answer to the question is, I mean, they're capable of doing anything, really. I mean, whenever they're uh, together and healthy, they're, they're as good as any team. But what's unique about this group is they've never, you know, on offense, they've never really had their full complement of players together for, like, one game. Maybe a total, like, of six or eight quarters this year have uh, Kamara and Freeze and Michael Thomas all been on the field at the same time. Uh, so if you get Kamara back and... Uh, I think there's a good chance that happens this week, uh, coming off the COVID positive test. And yeah, Michael Thomas, I think he was expected to come back. Uh, if those guys come back, you know, Kamara obviously should be fully healthy. And then, uh, Michael Thomas, you hope you get, you know, close to 100% out of him. Uh, if you have all that kind of come together as they start, uh, uh the playoffs and you have the defense playing really well, uh, if, if everything comes together, they play well, handle business against the Chicago Bears, the Saints. I uh, really like that defense and the way they're able to get off the quarterback. I think this is a, a team perfectly capable of getting the Super Bowl. Let's talk about Drew Brees, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer when his career ends. No question about that. Great, great player. Suffered a pretty brutal injury earlier this year. Is he 100% Patrick? And uh, and I know Saints fans don't want to hear this, but is it possible that this will be the last run for Drew Brees? I think the expectation is is that it will be his last run. I think it was Adam Schefter reported that it's, it, you know, he didn't come out and say it, but he said it's kind of a league wide anticipation that this will be his last season. Uh, but no, he's not 100. percent But heck, I'm the same age as Drew Brees. I'm not 100 percent either. 
so I mean, but he's been had plenty of broken ribs, and he's not. Uh, he's. I don't think he's quite fully recovered from that. You still see him kind of making moves to protect his own, you know, protect himself and not take those hits that he took in that game, which was really tough. Uh, so it, you know, I think he's okay. Just watching him play here lately, uh, he looked pretty rough in the first half against Kansas City, but ever since then, he's he's looked progressively better. So I think if uh, maybe they get past this week without much issue, you'll see a Drew Brees that's closer to what we saw. Uh, maybe through the midway Good. point of the season. And I'll throw this out to both you guys, and you can chime in here too, Luke. So it's possible that that we could really see the end, of, I think, of two great careers uh, in this playoff run, and that would be Breeze. And I think Rosslerberger up in uh, Pittsburgh, he, he looks a little old to me, Patrick. And uh, I, I just wouldn't be surprised to see both of those men call it a year. Yeah, call it a career. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Ben Rosslerberger, I think he was really tempted to retire last season. And the year they've had, and I mean, they were they were undefeated well into the season, and uh, it's been a little bit rough for them uh, late in the season. I think uh, this is probably a, you'll probably see both Breeze and Roethlisberger retire. What do you think, Luke? Well, to quote Patrick, the Saints are capable of anything, and that's including losing to the Bears <laughs> in the first round. Because no, that's but, not gonna Patrick. Um, Moving forward, uh, you know, after this runs over, I think what makes the Saints so good this year is their defense. But but quarterback, right. I mean, do you see you know them trying to go after Sam Darnold? I mean, it looks like the Jets are going to draft uh, Fields and move on from that. I mean, who who are some possible you know free agent guys or trade guys that the Saints could really go after? I think the Saints will draft a quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I I don't really see anybody out there in the free agent market that really kind of would. You know, really probably hit the mark for uh, Sean Payton. I think he really does like Taysom Hill, and I think he's intrigued by the idea of, of Taysom Hill in a, Taysom Hill in a situation to where he goes through a full you know off season as as the guy and really kind of building him up as the starting quarterback. And you know, he wasn't perfect in this four game stretch as starter, but he looked pretty darn good at times. Right. And if you can build on that. I think that Taysom Hill has a, is a, a quarterback that can lead them to a division title. You know, he's perfectly capable of doing that. If he improves as a passer and holds on to the darn ball uh, when he's running with it, uh, I think you can see a two- to three-year stretch here where, where Taysom Hill can be the starting quarterback. All right, Patrick, we sure appreciate it. You're in a beautiful part of the country there in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and I, uh, I hope you enjoy yourself mightily, and uh, we appreciate all you do, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. Patrick McGee on vacation, but still reporting for the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, that's what you call dedication, brother. Yeah, I mean, I had to go to the doctor yesterday, and I didn't show up, so Patrick (laughs) more committed than me. We'll be back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a overcast Thursday. Happy to have you with us. Appreciate 
basketball head basketball coach for Southern Miss, Jay Ladner. Every week, a member of the coaching staff for the basketball program will be joining us on Thursdays. Greatly appreciate that. And thankful to Patrick McGee taking a little few minutes out of his vacation to come on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studio in Laurel. Bob Getty in Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander now joining us. On uh, the phone, before we get to Kelly, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. You can perhaps sometimes see Jay Ladner there on occasion. You never know who's going to be at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Wild Card Weekend coming up, six NFL games. They'll all be on at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Of course, National Championship, Alabama, Ohio State, Monday night. If you didn't go today, you missed the fried or grilled pork chop, mac and cheese, turnip greens. Yeah, it could have got some cornbread and... A drink, all for eight ninety five at Four Street Bar and Grill. And there's rumor, Bob Getty, that there is a fried oyster po' boy that will make an appearance, or has mm. made an appearance. Yeah, Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joining us, and Kelly, kind of breaking news in the last hour or so. Everybody kind of wondering uh, how Conference USA was going to adjust baseball schedule wise. That has been decided, and it's uh, pretty unique, especially for for home uh, games uh, in the Pete. Yeah, a quick, and, and I'm going to get to that in a second. Just a quick postscript to your to your uh, Four Street Bar. One, you said you never know who's going to be there. One day I was there in Clarence Weatherspoon. Was sitting up at the up at the bar. And uh, and this this college kid, this millennial, comes up to me and he goes, uh, "I really feel like I should know who that is." And of course, Spoon has taken up like one entire countertop. <laughs> That's a big guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and this kid says, "That's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen." And I said, "That guy used to play. Can you imagine playing basketball against that guy?" And um, and I said, "That's that's Clarence Weatherspoon." And he sh- shook his head from side to side and he went, "Um." Clarence Weatherspoon? Oh, my goodness. Did you slap him, Kelly? I said, we are perilously (laughs) close to the end of civilization as we know it. Did you hit him with your poor boy? I I just, I'm not going to waste good food on a millennial. (laughs) Touche. Yeah, getting back to baseball, Conference USA has decided in this COVID world that we live in, that they are going to change their conference uh, format for baseball this year. Instead of playing three-game series during the baseball season, Conference USA is going to play four-game series this year. So you will play eight conference series, four games each, for a total of 32 conference games. Now, that's not going to leave a whole lot of room for midweek games against some of your rivals, but they are going to leave that to each and every individual schools discretion so if southern miss wanted to play mississippi state Ole miss or whoever they wanted to stick in there they would have that discretion but as it is now they have approved it was just approved about a half an hour ago the athletic directors at uh, conference usa schools have approved a four game thursday friday saturday sunday for all conference games this coming baseball season fewer series what's important about that though what no, it's it's eight. It's it's like uh, normal, I believe. Oh, okay. But okay. What's important about that because you know we do want these midweeks with Ole Miss and and hopefully State will play us uh, eventually. But the SEC is also going to. There was talk that the SEC was going to do what Conference USA did and, and not non-conference. The SEC is going to do ten conference weekends and a normal non-conference slate. So um, that's big. Hopefully Southern Miss can get their two games. You know their normal two games with Ole Miss in because everybody wants to see that. 
And then, you know, you, we talk about in college football that, that you book some quote-unquote money games, you know, that you get the big checks for. And, you know, look, make no bones about it, there are some college baseball games that, that the Eagles are going to want to play, you know, to, to fatten the coffers. And the state and Ole Miss games are, are big games for everybody right. in the state of Mississippi, financially, pride-wise, everything else. And all, and all three schools are, are very competitive and strong, have strong national programs. So there's no reason why they shouldn't play. But again, the non-conference games for the Conference USA teams will be left up to the individual discretion of each of the schools. So they wouldn't have to play any midweek games if they don't want to. So it will allow the Conference USA schools to be more selective in who they schedule. But, you know, usually your schedules rotate. You know, I mean, you have them already put to bed a year in advance. Well, now now athletic directors are going to have to be scrambling as to which games they're going to cancel, which games they're going to keep, which games they're going to have to move, all those sorts of things. But as it is now, four conference series for a total of 32 games, four games in each series. And we'll get Coach Barry, uh, try to get Coach Barry on the show next week, get his reaction to this. And uh, I suspect it'll be – I suspect, guys, it'll be closer to the end of the month before a schedule is released. It's my understanding that that they haven't really released the schedule because obviously they're dependent upon other conference decisions as well. You know, before they can uh, before they can solidify non-conference schedules. So, I think it's probably safe to say we're going to see the schedule out a lot later than than normally we would. but uh, and, it, and and I don't think anything's going to be set in stone either, Bob. I think it's going to be a moving target just like football was. I mean, just, just because it's on the schedule doesn't necessarily mean that that uh, that it's going to happen. You know, because, I mean, we've, we saw a football season where games were canceled 24 hours That's before right. kickoff or 48 hours before kickoff. So, again, it's, it's the new the COVID sports world that we live in. Hopefully we'll get back to – well, what we and, used to know is normal. And with the horrible numbers, did you say 3,000 new cases in Mississippi today, Kelly? 3,255, if I'm Well, with these I'm horrible saying. numbers, uh, you know the schools are, are still unclear as to what they're going to be able to do or not be able to do regarding fans. You know, you think of you think of, of how packed it can get at Pete Taylor Park when the Golden Eagles are playing. Hard to imagine that they could do that with, you know, Two and three thousand cases of this nightmare a day now, right? And and if you you know by only playing eight four game series, it would give you know on the surface it would give Conference USA the flexibility to start the season later, you know, than normal right. because a lot a lot of the a lot of the games in the early part of the schedule are the fluff games, if you will, uh, where you play the schools that you maybe have not heard a lot about, or the schools coming down from the north just trying to avoid snowstorms. Not. You know, so the, the the meat and potatoes of your wins and losses are in your conference. That's what but the rumor, though, guys, the rumor was going into this season, though. I mean, and this is before COVID interrupts everything. I mean, there was, there was we were going to have several, and what I mean, several more than two, maybe three or four regional teams from previous years right. in some of the opening weekends. So right. you you want to keep some of that if you can, man, because that just helps right. so much down the stretch. Kelly, what you were trying to say in a nice way is those early games are when they bring the northern boys down here and teach them what college baseball is really about. Is that what you were trying to say? My God. <laughs> we'll open up a 55 gallon drum and put it on them boy yeah i i, I forget the name of the i forget what school it was it was a couple of years ago and 
they came down here and took uh, you know a couple really bad whippings, three whippings, and and then I was reading they were seems like they were going to leave here and go play uh, a, a midweek game, a couple midweek games at Tulane, and then they were going to play a weekend series against LSU, and then they were going to play the next weekend series against I think it was Vanderbilt, and I thought. Well, you know, by the time they get through with that, home's going to look mighty, mighty good to these guys from New York, right? I, I think after playing those teams, they ought to check into Oscars. Southern Miss, Tulane, LSU, and Vanderbilt. Now, boy, there's a there's a road trip out of hell, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of how much, how much time before the break, have you guys? Uh, one minute and 37.72 seconds, Kelly. Well, i got some other baseball news regarding former uh, Southern Miss baseball player Anthony Alford. He is going to be making a return uh, trip to the Hattiesburg area this coming Saturday, January 8th. He's going to be at the Vernon Damer Park uh, in Hattiesburg from 2 to 4 p.m. this coming Saturday at 1000 Country Club Road. He's going to be there as part of the Players' Alliance. And the Players' Alliance is a group of current and former Major League players who want to provide greater opportunities for the black community. And he's going to be there at Vernon Damer Park from 2 to 4, uh, handing out um, you know, goods for, for families that, that need you know, protective equipment and, and dealing with COVID. Also, you know, just, just food you know, for people that are, that are struggling uh, you know, with hunger during this, uh, this pandemic that we're in. That is this coming Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m., uh, at Vernon Damer Park, they're opening up a new batting uh, batting cage there at Vernon Damer Park. So Good Anthony Alford, yeah, Anthony Alford, uh, helping the area, you know, around where he was raised in the Pedal area. Of course, played at Southern Miss, both football and baseball. So giving back to the community. That's this Saturday from two to four at Vernon Damer Park. I'll never forget Kelly. Years ago, I sat in for you one night. Pedal was playing Oak Grove in baseball. Anthony Alford led off. Right, he mm-hmm. hits a triple. And then on the next pitch, he stole home. And I thought, you know, this guy, this guy's going to be pretty good. Uh, I was right, correct? And, and, and Anthony Alford, you know, before I ever saw him play, I said, you know, he just he looks like a good athlete. You know, but I went up and, and kind of patted him on the shoulder, and it was like it was like patting a cement block. Yeah. You know, that guy was just nothing but muscle. So, you, you know, from an athletic standpoint, I mean, he, was, he looked the part. I mean, and good for him. And, the, and, he, know, and he plays for what organization now? I think he's with the Pirates now, isn't he, Anthony Alford, with the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah, played with the Blue Jays, right. went up with the Blue Jays, but now with the Pirates. All right, so giving back to his home community, good for him. Yeah. We're going to wrap sure. up the Eagle Hour next. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment brought to you by Toyota Hattiesburg. Online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Making that new vehicle purchase, let Toyota Hattiesburg help you the entire way. Located on Highway 98 
in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander on the phone with us. Uh, Jay Ladner talking to us uh, in the first segment today. If you missed that, go back and uh, check it out on demand in a little bit. You can always find the Eagle Hour on demand in a bunch of places. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the supertalk.fm website, always on demand for the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss uh, taking on the road tomorrow, going up Interstate 59 to Birmingham, taking on UAB for two games Friday and Saturday, tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Saturday at 4 p.m., UAB 7-1 and on the year. Their, their opening weekend of uh, Conference USA play last weekend postponed. It was supposed to be with North Texas, but COVID had other things in mind. So Golden Eagles uh, going up to take on the UAB Blazers tomorrow night at 6.30 will be on CUSA.TV. Saturday at 4 p.m. will be on ESPN+. And as always, you can listen to John Cox on the Southern Miss IMG Sports Network. Uh, tomorrow, guys, down in Purvis with Ramey Motors. And uh, looking forward to hanging out with those guys as uh, deer season's wrapping up. But, Kelly, um, Coach Ladner talked a, a lot about today uh, just about you know some of – uh, the uniqueness of changing practice and the schedules and a different off day. And he, he was jokingly saying he's going to reach out to Scott Barry and try to figure out how to play games back to back. And, you know, just trying to adjust because it is pretty odd doing that. But that's, but, but if you're going to have to do that, you might as well do it with a bunch of new guys who, who haven't fallen into any patterns, you know, anyway, right? Or, or a routine. So if, if that's going to have to happen, he's got the group of guys. You know, to do it with, right? I think one of the things that, that I was going to say earlier in the week after last weekend series, is I think you're beginning to see how special Jaron Pierre can be. And I think uh, the coaches noticed that when they were recruiting him. As young as he, as young as he is, and he's showing flashes of brilliance now as a freshman man, if he can continue to hone his skills and, and, and stay away from injury, of course, and he could really be a, one of the true, you know, one of the true greats. I mean, probably never, as good as Derek Hamilton, just ask Derek Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll never be as big as Spoon, and you don't even have to ask Spoon that. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but I think uh, Pierre could really be good. All right. Uh, Monday on the show, guys, uh, and I talked to him this morning, and Kelly, this, this name's going to ring a big bell with you. We're going to have Bud Holmes on the show Monday. And Bud Holmes, uh, for people that may not know, is a longtime attorney, uh, here in Hattiesburg, uh, former district attorney, but also really one of one of the pioneers in the sports agency business, and was the uh, the lifetime agent of maybe the greatest football player that ever lived, Walter Payton, George Rogers, Kenny Stabler, I believe, uh, a number of USM kids. I'm sure you remember the the legacy of Bud Holmes. Oh, I certainly do. Now, now the kids will have to Google those guys. <laughs> right. Find out who they were, but you know, uh, you know, it, because of because of that status too, he became well known with a lot of the players in the National Football League. But he was right here in Hattiesburg, right. Know? And and I'm sure that when Bus Cook, you know, who's Brett Favre's agent, lives here in Hattiesburg, of course, everybody knows James Bus Cook. But I'm sure Bus Cook uh, bent Bud Holmes' ears quite a bit, you know, as he was getting started in the business. Right. Right. And a uh, long, well, lifelong friend too, uh, adult life, uh, long friend of Walter Payton. He has some, he has some kind of heart bending, but really great stories about Walter Payton and uh, in the prime of his life, and in his latter years when he became ill. So, 
Uh, so we look at that. We look forward to that. Hey, I just saw Kelly the uh, Kansas City Chiefs schedule, and uh, they've already got one loss on the schedule, brother, because the Chiefs are going to have to go to Cincinnati and play your Bengals next year. Did you know that? You're darn right, buddy. They can go ahead and give up now if they want. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fifteen and one is the best they can hope for. Is that right, Center? You've got that right because next year is another year for us, and uh, <laughs> you know, won four games this year, and we're on the God. We're we're not going to be satisfied with any less than five next year. Luke, I hate to see <laughs> Kelly start drinking this early in the day, don't you? <laughs> it's just too. Well, he has a saying uh, about things, yeah, and and it's yeah, true it's of him right now. Just, it's, just it's two exactly o'clock, true. Kelly. Keep that in mind. Pace yourself, Santa. Well, like I say, you're, you're a Bengal fan. You learn how to drink real early and often. <laughs> and, uh, All right, Ramey Motors down in Purvis tomorrow, Luke. You always look forward to that, I know. And uh, this is a big time of the year for them, I would think. Yeah, I'm trying to think about where I'm going to uh, sit on with my computer. I may pull uh, you know, one of those uh, Honda Razors up. I may get on a Rancher. I don't know, man. We're just it's going to be fun tomorrow, uh, and they've got. I was looking at their uh, Facebook group earlier this week. Got some new new products in at the beginning of the year, and and uh, got a bunch of mowers outside. I'm still enjoying mine, so it'll be a fun day tomorrow with Dakota and the guys. All right, uh, Kelly. I think you may show up as well. Am I correct? Yeah, it's a distinct possibility. Uh, you never know, never know what might happen, Luke. So you guys yeah. got room for me down there? Yeah, and the one and only Michael Mergens, the most famous man in Purvis, he'll be he'll be joining you guys as well. So hey, and and we need to we need to mention we've got Reed Stringer on tomorrow, the general manager, assistant head coach of Southern Miss football. Going to talk about this great recruiting class. So there be a great show there we go. Great show tomorrow, one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.